chapter 16, this is where uh, we left off last week. I think we just maybe mentioned this verse briefly last week. And, of course, there's a lot of verses here that are related, but I want us to just focus in on a couple of verses tonight. John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. So before we read the passage, let me remind you of a couple of things. First of all, faith will flourish. Faith will flourish in an understanding heart. And so any efforts that that we put towards our Father and His Word and learning and and growing uh, up into Him is bringing understanding to our heart, which is igniting our faith to produce what only faith can produce in our lives. And so we've been along those lines now for some weeks. We've been looking at the importance, the necessity of asking. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. We see where on so many occasions that we are instructed, commanded even to ask. It's, it's, it's almost as if Father is begging us to ask. Now, last Wednesday, I mentioned just a statement that I sometimes make when I'm saying goodbye to somebody or I'm on the phone with somebody. I'll say something to the effect, not every time, but sometimes I'll say, if you need me, call me. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, because happy to help if, if, you know, some situation. But sometimes I'll say that to people because I know that they may need help, and if they do, they're going to be reluctant to call. So I'm letting them know that it's okay to call, I'm, I want you to call, and I'm available to help if, if you need me to help. And so we see that our Heavenly Father has said that to us so many times in, in the Scriptures. For the same reason, I believe. That's why he invites us to ask him. That's why he tells us to ask and keep asking. And everyone who asks receives. It's like he's saying to us, if you need me, call me. If you need me, call me. And so prayer, of course, asking is one of the ways that we call him. Now, tonight, we're going to continue to talk about asking. But I want us to see something in the Word of God that I think a lot of God's people have been ignorant of or blinded to. And so we need the understanding of these things. Faith will flourish in an understanding heart. And so one of the things I think Father wants us to understand, and I'll show it to you in the Scriptures, is asking God for the things you want and need is connected to your emotional health and well-being. Asking God for the things that you want and need, we've covered this enough by now that I hope you are all in in what the Bible teaches, that he doesn't just say what you need, whatever you need, whatever you desire, whatever you want. So asking God for the things you want and need is connected, the Bible connects it, to our emotional health and well-being. Now, in the Old Testament, we're not going to turn there, but in the Old Testament, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when we have some expectation of something that 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 we don't receive or it doesn't work out or it doesn't come through uh, for us, it, it, it causes us to, to be sorrowful, if you will, uh, sad, if you will, on, uh, on the inside. So receiving and, and things working out and things coming together, so forth, these things all contribute to 
our emotional health and well-being. And who better to understand that than the God who created us? Who better to understand that than the, than, than the, than the God who hardwired us and understands the way we uh, are designed to function, things that will cause emotional experiences positive and also emotional experiences negative. So let's look at it. John chapter 16, verse number 23. And in that day, this is Jesus speaking, written in red. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now, if this was the only place that we found something like this in the Bible, it would, it would be enough. If this was the only place we found something like this in the New Testament, it would be enough. If this was the only time Jesus ever said anything to us about asking the Father, it would be enough. But if you've been tuning in to what we've been looking at now for weeks in a row on Wednesday evening, you see that this is not the only time. We find all kinds of verses like this um, in, uh, in the Bible, John Mark loves to, uh, whatever sermon I preach, the, you know, the next day or two, he loves to send me some verse that I haven't used yet, uh, haven't mentioned yet, you know, in, in uh, uh, you know, sending me a text or text it to me or, or, or what have you, uh, that goes along with it. And boy, on this one, you know, <laughs> there's so many to choose from. We haven't even, uh, you know, covered even some of, like this one right here. Last week, uh, if you abide in me, I'm words abide in you, ask what you will. Now, here we see that he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Let's talk for a moment about the day that Jesus is referring to. Because when he originally said this to the disciples, he was talking about a day that was coming in the future. And of course, we know the day that Jesus was referring to uh, is the day in which we now live. He was talking about the access that we would all have as the offspring of God to our Father. You see, Jesus had to go to the cross, be the sacrifice for our sin. He went to death, hell, and the grave, was raised the third day. All of these things had to take place for you and me to become a new creation in Christ Jesus, for us to be born again, for us to become citizens of the kingdom of heaven, for us to become the offspring of God, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So now that we have this unique standing in Christ Jesus, we are in a position to ask that all the people who came before us were not in. Even the disciples, as close as they were to Jesus, Jesus is telling them, there's a day coming when you will no longer ask me, but you will ask the Father in my name. You'll go straight to him. You'll have access to him on an individual basis um, yourself. And, of course, it's the day that, that we live in. And so he says, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Why do we enjoy giving good things to people that we care about? Or for that matter, people that we might not even know is because we know how it's going to help them. We know what it's going to do for them. We know how it's going to be a blessing and a benefit to them. It's, it's, the, it's the joy and the excitement 
uh, of, of, a, of a gift given and, and, and received. That's, that's the beauty of this. We said last week, even in the closing prayer of our, of our message last week, is we're asking Father to forgive us. Um, think for a moment. Somebody that you really love, you've got a nice gift for, and you've been trying to give it to them for weeks. And every time you, you know, try to meet them to give it to them, they've got something else going. Or, you know, you just haven't been able to make that connection for whatever reason. And, and you're really, really excited. I, I had mentioned uh, several weeks back about this little car hauler thing that I had bought for Oliver. He, he, he really likes cars, little toy cars. And if he's riding down the road, if he sees a tanker truck out you know, on the interstate, he gets really, really excited about the tanker truck. But if he sees a car hauler, something about a car hauler that, that my little grandson, is, he just really, really, really likes. And, um, and so I found this uh, cool little uh, uh, tow truck car hauler thing that had magnets in it so the car would actually stay on the back of it so when you, when you pulled them, they wouldn't come off the hook and and so I ordered it on Amazon, and but I had it, Pam, I don't know, 10 days, almost two weeks. I really wanted to give this to him, and I would forget it at the house, or you know, we were supposed to see him and something would change, or, or what have you. And, and I went two weeks robbed of my joy of being able to give that to him. Are, are you following what I'm saying? I, I was excited about giving it to him, and was disappointed that I could not, connect with him in a meaningful way to be able to present that gift to him. And so when we talk about our joy being full, Father is interested in your joy being full. He wants your joy to be full. He wants you to have a joyful life, a joy-filled life. And one of the ways that we experience joy is when we ask him for things and he gives them to us. Let me show you this in the Passion Translation. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything, but instead you will go directly to the Father and ask Him for anything you desire, and He will give it to you because of your relationship with me. So we ask in His name, but why do, why do we have the ability to ask in the name of Jesus? It's because we're in Him. We're in Christ Jesus. We're insiders now. He will give it to you because of your relationship with me. See, every time you ask Father for something and Father gives it to you, it's Father not just rewarding and blessing you, it's Father rewarding Jesus for what Jesus did for Him for you. Think about that for a minute. See, listen, I'm not, we're not talking about entitlement here. That's a wrong attitude. Entitlement and expectation are two different things. Are you hearing me? It's one thing to expect in faith. It's another thing to expect in pride. And, and, and the difference is when you're in pride and expectation, you feel entitled. You feel like God owes you something. That, that No, no, see, that that's... That's not what we're talking about here. And unfortunately, when people hear someone like me talk about these things, that's what they hear, and, and they're turned off by that. So as, as his son or daughter, 
He enjoys giving you things. We covered that in at least two weeks worth of sermons, how, how much joy and pleasure Father God gets from giving you good things. But now we see that the Father is glorified in the Son, the Bible says, when He does these things for you, when He gives these things to you, when He backs you standing upon His Word. Verse 24, the Passion Translation, Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking Him. And you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. Man, I like that. Go with me now to Philippians, if you will, please. Go with me now to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, the fourth chapter, and the sixth verse. We may come back to John 16 in a week or so. There's some other things that I want to look at as it relates to something else Jesus said in John 14. But tonight, I, I turn there because remember this statement, asking God for the things you want and need is connected to your emotional health and well-being. I'm not just talking about asking Him to help you with your emotional health and well-being. I'm talking about you asking Him for even like physical things that you need is connected to your emotional health and well-being. So let's look at it in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. He says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, this is a very detailed and in-depth way of saying what we've been talking about now for a few weeks. Let your request be made known to God. What is that whole phrase? You, you, can, you can sum it up in three-letter word, ask. Let your request be made known to God. That's How do you let your request be made known to God? By asking. By asking, okay? So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplica supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're going after two different things tonight that are related. Number one, what the Bible says to us about the necessity of asking, but also as asking and receiving from God relates to and is connected with our emotional health and well-being. So we see in the first passage in John 16 that we ask and we receive so that our joy may be full. We ask and we receive so that our joy may be full. It's one thing to have joy. It's another thing to have full joy. Right? It's, it's one thing, you know, to be satisfied and content and blessed and all that stuff. It's, a, it's another thing for it to just, you know, just like topped off, running over full. Are you, are you following me? So what does joy versus full joy, what, what's, what's the difference there as it relates to receiving? Are, are, you, are you seeing this? I mean, there's a key to it here in Philippians 4, and, and of course being thankful. He says that when we make these requests known, we need to do it with thanksgiving. We need to be thankful. See, that thankfulness is what protects us from that entitlement. 
Thankfulness is what keeps us in, in, a, in, a, in, in an attitude of humility and, and, and insulates us and protects us from pride. You, you can't be truly grateful and prideful at the same time. To be truly thankful is to be truly humble. It's, it's an expression of, of humility. And this, of course, is very, very important. Faith and flourishing, understanding heart, it's very, very important for us to understand. But he starts out by saying, be anxious for nothing. The King James Version says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. And this word needs some explanation because when you, you know, we, and by the way, I try to, I'm not saying I do it 100% of the time, but I really try not to say, be careful. Be safe, be blessed. There's, you know, and I listen, I'm not the word police, and if you say be careful, I'm, I don't know that. I'm not picking on you, so don't think I'm singling you out, all right? And I'm, I'm sure that there are times that I may say, hey, be careful, or whatever. But that, our version of be careful and, and what this means originally, it's, it's morphed. It's, it's kind of changed over the years. When we may say be careful, we're like saying, hey, you know, watch what you're doing, pay attention, that sort of thing. And obviously we need to watch what we're doing, we need to pay attention. In the Bible days, careful meant care, full, full of care, full of worry, full of anxiety, anxious and, 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 and stressed and, um, you know, troubled uh, and, and your heart being full of those things. That's what careful meant. And so that's why we see in um, the more modern translations, it, it doesn't say be careful for nothing, but it says be anxious for nothing. Because he's talking about anxiety and, and, and worry and the cares of this life and, and those things uh, causing stress and uh, you know, dominant negative emotions uh, in our lives. So when he says be anxious for nothing, then but in everything, these are absolute words. And when you go into the original Greek language and how these words are tensed and structured, this is not an exaggeration or a, a, a metonym. In, in, other words, it, he, in other words, he means it literally. Uh, he means like, be anxious for absolutely nothing. Don't let anything remain in your heart that would cause you anxiety. So when he says be anxious for nothing, he's talking about in, in, in every uh, aspect, all right? But instead of, so that word but there means instead of being anxious um, in any area, in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Okay? Now, I don't want anybody to get upset with me, but if you're upset with me, you're upset with, with the Lord because this is His Word, not mine. We have a very simple, but at the same time profound answer in our lives for anxiety. The answer for anxiety is believing prayer. If you go with what God said, 
Now, we're going to break some of this down. We've got a few more minutes. We're going to break some of this down tonight. But before we dig into this any further to understand it better, I want to call to your attention that he is presenting something to us here that goes beyond understanding or explanation. Okay. He's talking about a passageway. Let's, let's go back to some of the things we've talked about recently on Sunday morning. Isaiah 14.31 tells us if we expect Jehovah, we pass to power. Our expectation of God is an opening for us to be able to pass from what we can produce over into what God can produce in our lives. It's, it's, it's a way to pass from the limits of what money can buy and medicine can fix over into the, uh, the all things are possible to him who believes realm of God's power working in our lives. Here we have another passageway like that. And when I say passageway, how we can go from being consumed with stress and worries and anxiety and cares of this life, pass from that mental and emotional state over into the peace of God, where the peace of God is ruling our lives, where the peace of God is acting as a garrison at the door of our hearts, keeping our hearts and minds with the very peace of God in our lives. See, this is something... People long for this. People... If, if money, if, if it were for sale with money, people would pay big, big dollars for this. And when we look at all the different things that have been developed, all the different medications, all the different treatments, all the different uh, approaches to you know, psychology and psychiatry and, and uh, therapies and all of this because people want peace. You know why we want peace? We were created to have peace. God is at peace tonight, and he created you to be at peace tonight. No matter what's going on, remember, if, if, if we can get the peace of God in us, it's not based upon what's going on around us. Jesus was asleep in the middle of a storm when the storm going on around him. It's because the chaos around him did not translate to chaos inside of him. All right? Now, imagine for a moment, I'm just, this is one way, one way perhaps to illustrate supernatural peace that we're talking about here. Peace that defies logic. Peace that goes beyond our ability to comprehend it. You're in a boat that's sinking in a, in a violent storm and you're asleep. You're asleep. <laughs> Everybody's panicking. I mean, the disciples are so panicked that they're accusing Jesus of not caring that they're all about to die. But Jesus is, he is at complete peace. See, this is a peace that defies logic because everything rationally tells us he should be stressed, he should be anxious. He, he should be worried. He should be in fear. He sh his heart should be troubled by all this. But no, it, it wasn't at all. 
It's because he had a peace. He wasn't faking it. He wasn't showing off. It was the peace of God that was ruling in his heart. Now, he's saying that we can have that same peace, and, and he's telling us how to have it. So when we talk about a, the peace of God, let's go back. I'll put it up on the screen. Um, verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's talking about a peace that you have that you can't explain, but it's very real. It's very real. How do we go from being anxious about everything to being anxious about nothing? Well, here it is. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I've got to stop here. Listen to me, please. Listen to me. Time out now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. This is one of those areas where your own understanding can disqualify you from experiencing this. If you are prone to worry and anxiety and have been troubled by that in your life, and the Word of God, not just... This isn't me saying this, right? This is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, in everything, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. He's he's just told you some very practical things that you can do that will pass you into peace, that 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 will move you over into the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's very easy, if you're not careful, to look at this and say, and say, it can't be that simple. It's got to be more to it than that. I've done that. See, notice when we say, I've done that, what are we saying? We're, we're accusing God of, of not telling the truth. We're accusing God of saying something in His Word that does not produce the result that He said it would produce in our lives. Okay? So I'm asking you just to take a deep breath here. I'm at. And let the word of God speak to you, okay? So, be anxious for nothing. I, I want to I do this, if I could, please. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Now, if, if, if you're listening and not watching this, I, I deliberately took some of the uh, words out so that you could understand those other things are extremely important. I'm not trying to say they're not important, but I'm trying to get you to see you know, the sentence here, what he's saying. He's saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, let your request be made known to God. I should put an in on the end of no there. Let your request be made known to God. So the part of the verse is represented by the dots in, in, on the monitor, on the screen, are the detailed instructions for properly letting your request be made known to God. So there's a right way to ask and a wrong way to ask. Right? You have not because you ask not, or you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask the wrong way. Let's say you're going to ask your boss for a raise this week. There's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. Hmm? Yeah? I mean, you know, you go in there and say, I've been working with this lousy company for six years. You're the cheapest man I've ever known, and, and you need to pay me more money. Probably not going to get a raise. Okay? 
right? So it's, it's, it, there, it's, there, it's how you ask with people and how you ask with God. He makes it very clear in the Bible. It's, it's very important. But what he's saying is, don't be anxious, but in everything let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus. So the parts of the verse represented by the dots that I left out, is this making sense to you? I want you to, I want you to get a hold of this now. It, they're all instructions for properly letting your request be made known to God. But the peace comes when you have effectively let God know what it is that you need or even what it is that you want. So what, did, what do the three dots represent? Or what, do, what are the parts that we left out? The parts that we left out are the prayer, the supplication, and the thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving are all dialing in for us the correct way to let your requests be made known to God. Is this making sense? All right. So let's talk about prayer first. Now, I know, like me, you probably think you know what that means. And simply defined, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is communicating with God. But as I've told you before, the Greek and Hebrew languages are more complex languages than the English language that the Greek and Hebrew have been translated into. And so the particular word that's used for prayer here is talking about a more intimate form of prayer that could best be described as this, prayer as defined as talking to God as an act of worship, as an act of worship and devotion. Let me say it again. Prayer, talking to God as an act of worship and devotion. Now, we know that there are different kinds of prayer. The Bible teaches us this. There are different ways to pray, different, uh, you pray in the Spirit, you pray with understanding, you intercessory prayer, all these different things. This particular word that's translated prayer dovetails beautifully with where we were last week where he said if you abide in me and my words abide in you it's it's an intimate fellowship kind of prayer as as a matter of fact i'm not wanting to try to dig too deeply into this but to literally translate it it's it's prayer of god not just prayer to god but prayer of god or a literal translation of it would be like a place of prayer. Now when we talk, see that's where the worship and devotion comes in. Because remember Jesus said my father's house would be a house of prayer. He's talking about this like, you know, really sacred designated place that's respected and honored. And, and, and uh, you, you know, you come into it, uh, you know, with a bath and, and all, all these other things like they did in the, in the Old Testament. So... The point being, talking to God is an act of worship and devotion. Compared to what? Well, let me see if this will help you. And I was trying to really, um, you know, think of the best way to try to communicate this. Have you ever heard the expression, and I'm not making fun of this, so please don't think that I am, but have you ever heard the expression, emergency tongues? Okay. 
Emergency tongues. What does that mean? That means some, some emergency has broken out, and, man, you just, you just hit it with, uh, with unknown tongues. Emergency tongues. Listen to me. I am by no means instructing you to change that or to never do that. Please do. In those moments, the Holy Spirit helping you pray uh, is, is probably the best route you can take. All right? But emergency tongues also communicates this approach to prayer that we're praying in response to some situation we're, we're praying in response to some crisis, all right? This kind of prayer here is different from that. This kind of prayer is the kind of prayer where you are in fellowship, abiding. That's why we go back to what we said last week. It carries with it the idea of you knowing God. So when we say talking to God is an act of worship, remember, worship is not just the outward expression, but true worship is first and foremost an attitude of the heart. The word means to kiss, and without going into a lengthy explanation, worship, true worship, is an attitude of the heart that recognizes who you are in relationship to who God is. You've got that part figured out. You you come to Him understanding that He's God, He's Creator, He's Potter, your creation, your clay. I'm way more to Him than clay, He's way more to me than Potter, but... I have to keep, I can't ever lose sight of that. I can't ever lose sight of that. You know, as, 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 as beautiful and as wonderful as what we have with God the Father in the New Testament actually is, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can lose the kind of respect. Are you following me? Are you following? My dad's 83, I'm 54, I still say yes, sir, to him. Right? I'm not... I, I, he still is worthy of my respect and honor, something I'll never outgrow, right? Has my relationship with him changed today at 54 than what it was when I was nine years old? You better know it. Much, amen, I'm older now, all that other stuff. I still listen to him if he has advice for me or if he you know, has instructions for me, right? Okay. So when we talk about our the position we're in with Father God now and the love that he has for us and and who we are to Him, and who He is to us, all that's beautiful and wonderful, and we need to know more about it, and we need to believe more of it. Can't say enough about that. But we, we can't let that become an excuse for us to take things for granted, to go back to that sense of entitlement, um, only, you know, only go to Him when we want something. This kind of prayer here is not only going to God when you want something. It's an act of worship, which means you are praying with an understanding of not just who he is, but who you are in relationship to him. But then that word devotion, that word devotion. Devotion to me carries with the concept of loyalty. It carries with it to me the concept of um, I'm not just in it to win it, but I'm in it for the long haul, right? <laughs> I talked to him yesterday, I talked to him today, and I'm going to talk to him tomorrow. You, you follow. I mean, this idea of, of, of something we're devoted to, you know, we call what we do with God in the mornings our morning devotion. You know, it's because we've committed ourselves to time with Him on a daily basis. We've committed ourselves to, to not just, and I hope that you do this, that you have a certain time set aside that you spend with Him, but that that's not the only time you spend with Him. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, from time to time, you know, Pam and I will have a, a date. We'll go to lunch or carry out to dinner or something like that. Um, and, and that's important, those designated times. But then just hanging out together, 
you know, pulling weeds out of the flower bed. Not my favorite thing in the world to do, but we did it, baby. Amen. And I enjoyed doing it with you. So it's that kind of thing where you have the, the time set aside for prayer and you have the time set aside for devotion, but then also where you're just talking to the Lord and He's never far from your, your thoughts at all. This is the kind of prayer that we're talking about. So when He says to um, uh, be anxious of nothing, but everything by prayer, He's talking about prayer in the context of talking to God as an act of, of worship and devotion. You got a few more minutes for me to wrap this up, at least this part up supplication means to humbly ask for what you need or want you ever heard this prayer of supplication you know, it sounds so spiritual and, and you know it's not a word that i use very much okay um when when i was you know growing up with mom and dad i was like i'm i'm, I'm here before you today to present a supplication no i just i just hey you know i need some gas for the truck you know it's whatever you know, but that's that's just but notice now, though, that he's, he's talking about supplication in the sense of, of, of it being a more formal thing. And, and so don't miss that. Certainly, we can have the familiar and the casual with our Heavenly Father. He wants to relate to us. He wants to do life with us in that way. But we can't ever let that become a substitute for the, the, the formal and the specific. Because that's where we, if you're not careful, you can get back to the, he knows what I need. He knows what I want, and we don't ask. So supplication means to humbly ask for what you need. Thanksgiving is referred to an attitude of thanks for all that God has done and will do. So the thanksgiving goes both ways. We're, we're thankful for what He's done for us already, how He's helped us already, and anytime we enter in before Him in this formal capacity to, to, to make a supplication, the Bible says we come with thanksgiving, right? But thanksgiving for you and me, because we're faith children of a faith God, is that we're not just expressing gratitude for what he has done, but when we ask him to do something else for us and give something else to us, we're doing it from a sense of thanking him for it before it's ever even received into our life reality. All right, let me give you this verse from the Weiss translation and we'll pray. All right. We started out loud, and now it's gotten quiet again on the roof. Amen. Everybody good? Are you blessed? Let me give this to you. This is the Weiss translation. Listen to it. I really, I think he nails it. Stop perpetually worrying about even one thing, but in everything, by prayer, whose essence is that of worship and devotion, and by supplication, which is a cry for your personal needs, let your requests with thanksgiving for the things asked for be made known in the presence of God and the peace of God which surpasses all power of comprehension shall mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So the opposite of anxiety is peace. Peace that passes understanding is speaking of a very real peace that is difficult to understand or explain. My question to us in, in, in closing tonight is, are we doing this? Are we doing this? What are you anxious about? See, here's, I should have probably let you remain seated. Just stay with me again, please. What are you anxious about? What is causing your anxiety or worry? What's causing it? What are you anxious about? What's causing your anxiety or worry? What would it take for your anxiety to be relieved? 
what would need to happen or come to pass for you to no longer be anxious? See, if you can answer these questions, then you'll discover what it is that you need to formally request from God, right? You see this. He's telling you, don't be anxious. Talk to him about it. Don't be anxious. Present it to him. Could I just ask you to try it? It's amazing to me the difference that it makes in our lives when we communicate with our Heavenly Father. Listen, it is about, don't misunderstand me, it is about receiving the things that we want and need. But the real prize here is peace. The real prize here is, is being at peace. Amen. Amen. Father, you're good to us. We thank you for the opportunity tonight that, that we had to come and to assemble together in your name. Lord, thank you for the things that you're teaching us and revealing to us. Help us, Father, um, actually act upon these things. Lord, verses that most everybody in this room and anybody watching me right now have probably heard before, at least familiar with in some way. But yet, Lord, there are levels to this that and nuances to this that, that we need to not only understand but practice in our daily lives. Father, we purpose now to be anxious for nothing but in everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make our request known to you so that your peace can guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, it's in his name we ask these things. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here this evening. You have a blessed rest of your week. I'll see you Sunday, if not before. Praise God.